Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, another July 1st has come around and uh, another very weird day for the Islanders. <laughs> Good, yes. bad, we'll talk about it, I guess. They, they've they made a, uh, a real, uh, I don't know, a habit out of, out of through no uh, fault of their own of making weird, like the hockey holidays be, end up being weird days for the Islanders. And <laughs> Like if you look back to like the trade deadlines of past and July first, I mean, think about July first in two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Basically, it was after the the day Ryan Smith left us. Um, the Islanders were in on Chris Drury and Scott Gomez, and they ended up striking out on both of them to lower uh, the the Rangers got them both and on smaller deals. And the Islanders then lost Tom Pody, Victor Kozlov, Ryan Smith, like all everybody they had. And, and so they just going we're going we're talking like a decade plus that these big days just never go well for us no whether they they do nothing or do something it's never what you want to have yeah. happen and who, uh, and we have nobody to blame but ourselves at this like i mean right i'm mad at myself more than i'm not <laughs> mad at anybody else but myself for getting caught up in the hoopla being convinced it was going to be different this year and 
having the rug pulled out from under me. Well, well, hold those fingers because I think there's a lot of nuance to to what happened. And, uh, you know, people out there are mad. I saw some people joking, I hope, about putting some billboards up and, uh, and getting Lou out of office. Uh, and we got some people that are like, hey, you know what? Maybe things are okay. But uh, there's definitely a lot to, to get to. So uh, we're, we're going to try and cover all of it here, talk about the individual moves first, and then kind of get big picture in the second half. Um, let's start with a guy who is not actually playing for the Islanders and won't play for the Islanders. And his name is Artemi Panarin. And, you know, for a long time, I was under the belief that this was a pipe dream. Like they were, he was never going to sign with the Islanders. He's just not the kind of guy who, who does that sort of thing. And for a while, it seemed like he was going to be a package deal with his buddy, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, how those guys leaving impacted the Blue Jackets, I felt a little bad because we didn't really talk about it from a Blue Jackets fan perspective, but whatever. Uh, and, you know, it just seemed kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And then as time went on, it seemed like the Islanders were kind of in the running along with the Panthers, who had always been kind of the front runner, and the Rangers, who all of a sudden have kicked their uh, rebuild into high gear. Um, the Panthers were kind of the front runner for a long time, and then Sunday night, uh, Bob McKenzie, of all people, tweeted a speculation thread, he called it, and how he had the Islanders being the frontrunner at that point. Now, this is Bob McKenzie we're talking about here. This isn't just some, like, schmo off the street or one of these hockey insiders with 15 R's. Like, this is a real person here <laughs> who we all trust. And I'm not saying Bob was wrong or was trolling us or anything. He just went with what he his gut told him and what he was hearing. And that carried Islanders fans through the evening of this sort of like euphoric high of, oh my God, are the Islanders actually going to pull this out? In the morning, you started hearing that like, you know, there was a, uh, maybe they were making some more deals, maybe doing some other stuff. The Rangers are coming in. And then by 1130, it became pretty clear that the Rangers were going to sign Artemi Panarin. Uh, You and I, and the Islanders would be left holding the bag once again. You and I were kind of like, texting back and forth Sunday night, also on Monday. A lot of it was pretty angry or just sort of like depressed. Uh, Talk to me through your end and I'll talk through my end, like where you were during that whole roller coaster, because that's what it was. It was really very much like an emotional roller coaster at that point that ended, of course, with typical Islanders disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I was home and uh, I remember before McKenzie tweeted that, you know, I was really kind of coming to grips with the fact that the Islanders were not going to get him. And, and then, you know, just like you, when you see something like that, you just pull up your phone, all of a sudden there's a tweet there at the top that says, hey, like your team is going to get one of the best players in the NHL. Uh, and that, that changes things, right? Like your whole mood changed. I mean, I turned to my brother and my dad. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, and uh, and from that point on, like that that was at what, 6 o'clock-ish? Yeah, like, it, like that, yeah. It was, in the, it was in the evening. Like the right. sun was still out. Uh, and... Uh, then he, he the the thing that I was really I'm I was so upset about looking back like now is that he followed that up with the Varlama thing and and you're like all right they have the same agent like this is starting to make sense like it's mm. it's making sense like this doesn't happen uh, the Islanders are involved and uh, every time I would get excited like I started picturing Panarin wearing 91 like all this <laughs> stuff like I was just like going through all these like amazing things. Uh, I, every time I started to get carried away, I would kind of slap myself in the face metaphorically and be like, look, like this is not going to work out. Like, you know, deep down, this is not going to work out. Like the Islanders, this doesn't happen. Like nobody's going to choose the Islanders over the Rangers. And I mean, I was talking to a couple people who are connected, like very well connected. And 
they were pretty convinced too. Like, like why would he choose the the Rangers? Like this, and, and the the quote that's one of them said when he was like, he's like, I can't wait for uh, the Ranger fans to be like, oh, we didn't want him anyways. Like, <laughs> the, the Islanders will you know let the Islanders waste the twelve and a half million dollars on or whatever it is. And I was, I, the whole time I was just like, yeah, like I this is a trusted person on the inside, and and uh, that made me feel good. And then I still was just like do not get carried away. Like, just do not. You know exactly how this is going to end. Like, you, this, it happened to you last year. It's happened to you, what, 20 times over your life. Like, these guys do not come to the Islanders. They do, especially do not come to the Islanders over the Rangers. They do not come to the Islanders over the Maple Leafs. They do not come to the Islanders <laughs> over the big market. Like, they, why would anyone choose it? And you know that deep down. And I was still, like, you know, meandering about. I was in the yard. It's a beautiful night. Smiling. And still, like, reminding myself on the other the other shoulder was the the like the the bad devil saying like do not please like whatever you do just do not think about artemi panarin taking a one-timer from matt barzell because as soon as you do that as soon yeah. as you do that he's going to be taking a one-timer from matt mike mika zibanejad mm. and it's going to be saved and then capo is going to score on the rebound mm. and that's what happened yeah uh yeah it you know it's just um the the things that make it i was thinking about this like Obviously, the fact that he chose the Rangers over the Islanders, and apparently there were factors into it. Uh, the Islanders did offer more, uh, a million more, or a million and a half more at least. But it, apparently, it seems like his fiance slash girlfriend, uh, you know, kind of felt better about playing in Manhattan rather than than Long Island. Uh, you know, there's always that specter of the Embrina thing. We don't know how much that's going to play into it. Um, you know, the fact that he signed with the Rangers is obviously a huge problem for the Islanders. Like, if they'd signed with the Panthers, we wouldn't really – wouldn't be that big a deal. The fact that he took less money is, again, I mean, didn't – I'm I'm mistaken. I might be mistaken, but I feel like they also offered John Tavares more money than he took for the from the Leafs, and he was their own captain. So yep. it's, the thing that I keep getting back to, and we'll probably talk about this more, you know, later too, is that, you know, the issue – isn't that the Islanders money isn't green. Like it clearly is. I mean, and it's very much appreciated. Trust me that Scott Malkin and John Ledecky are willing to shell out this kind of dough for these people. But the fact remains that the Islanders, like you said, are never going to be the top choice for these types of free agents. What over a team like the Rangers or the Leafs or whatever, like these big market teams with a big, uh, you know, advertising opportunities and things like that, that these guys want. The Islanders are never going to beat those guys. Even after Belmont is built and is gorgeous and beautiful and all that stuff. The only way the Islanders are ever going to get like marquee guys is to draft them and develop them and keep them. They can sign free agents, but the free agents are always like these sort of 31 year old Andrew Ladd types who are just looking for a final payday and a place to live with their family or like 20 year old guys who are looking for a, a place to stay. The marquee yeah. guys are never going to come to the Islanders. I think period. all you get, Think about name to yourself the best ten Islanders over the last ten years, and you're going to do it, and you're going to be like, how did these guys all end up on the Islanders? Hmm. And it's going to be either through trade or draft. Basically, yeah, <laughs> you know. And then when they get here, whether through trade or draft, they love it. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about one of them in a second who loves it clearly a lot. Um, but yeah, this is just, you know, it sucks that it's the Rangers. It sucks that he's exactly the type of player. You know, that's the other thing too is that like. My feeling was that the Islanders were kind of going into this too quickly, the free agency too quickly. I mean, they had a good season last year, but, I mean, they're still not quite 
at contender level yet. The problem is that Panarin is available, and Panarin is exactly the type of guy they need. I mean, he's a game-breaking frontline forward. I mean, who couldn't use that? But particularly the Islanders, that would make them, that would literally elevate them to another level. Uh, the Rangers are still a rebuilding club that just happens to have Artemi Panarin on it now. Um, and so that that's what makes it hurt, too, is like this guy would have been absolutely perfect. And now they got to go out and find another one of those guys someplace else. That really kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks on a whole another level. And I mean, it's it's going to be another thing where people are going to talk about a surface level, like like the big picture media are going to look at it and be like, you know, it was just someone choosing the, the Islanders, I mean, the Rangers over the Islanders. And you're like, well, there's so much. The reason we're so upset. And, and they're going to say, oh, you shouldn't be upset about that. Who wouldn't choose it? And the reason we're going to be so upset is because we had Bob McKenzie, who never would <laughs> do that. Right. And I mean, I, would, I was trying to explain to a couple people, as the, the most Islanders part about this whole thing is we had two Bobs. <laughs> one Bob, one Bob, it, it said Islanders were the favorite and right. kind of backed up that notion with who it was. And then we had the other Bob and he was the other Bob was right, like mm. in the morning when he's and right. and. And the funny thing was, I, as much as I trust Bob McKenzie, when the second Bob came in and said that the Rangers are signing him, mm. I was like, I, it's, it's over. It's over. <laughs> I will totally, totally believe him. Yep. Then over McKenzie at this point because like the signs. I mean, and go fuck yourself, Jimmy VC. Like, <laughs> like how about that? Like the, the whole Jimmy VC thing ends up coming full circle with the I Sabers know. and them, and, and just another guy who chooses chooses the Rangers. Yeah. Like he gets drafted by a team, ends up on the Rangers. Adam Fox, same thing. Like, yeah. like these guys just end up on the in the Rangers' yeah. lap, and 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 that's what ends up clearing the space for them. There's no way they don't trade Kevin Shattenkirk at some point too. Like, yeah. oh, and you know, yeah. another guy who, yeah, I'm sure the Coyotes would just be like, yeah, no, no, we'll take him. Oh like, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll just put him down there. Um, you know, having said all that, I've seen people say like, "Well, we're gonna boo Panarin like we boo Tavares." You know, I mean, the guy made a choice, and like. You know, if I was given that choice too, I can't. I can't guarantee I wouldn't pick the Islanders either. And at the same time, like, yeah, you can get on Lamorello's case for once again not closing the deal, but twelve and a half million is a lot of money, bro. Like, that's a lot of dough. And yeah. you know, what else do you want from the guy? I mean, they wind him, they dined him, they probably showed him the blueprints of Belmont. And hey, the guy just picked another team. What can you do? I mean, there's just it sucks, but what can you do? You know. And it's and it sucks for us because next year, if there's, I don't even I've. I don't even want to think about it, but there's going to be a big free agent. And if the Islanders are in there, you just have to think, oh, well, he's just going to use the Islanders to get the Rangers yeah. a bit higher. That's the other thing, too, is like, was was this even like a real thing? Was this just leverage? But that's a whole other thing. Um, so the, uh, you know, that that was really early. I mean, we all kind of knew the other Bob, as you're saying, that was about 1130. And at that point, I, I agree with you. I, I knew it was over and. We thought, okay, well, I actually tweeted like, oh, man, Lou's going to do something really stupid now to make up for it. We all remember the – all right, so it turned out to not be as stupid as we thought, but like the Philpola and Komarov signings from a year later. Um, But it actually was way worse because (laughs) four hours went by. Uh, The Islanders didn't do anything, and free agents got snapped up all over the place, some on deals that we should all be thanking God the Islanders did not sign them to. We're going to talk about them in the second half too. Um, but it was sort of like, um, hello, is anybody home or did they just sort of take the rest of the day off? And then around four o'clock, I guess between four, four thirty, uh, you started hearing uh, Arthur Staple, I think might've been the first to say like, Hey, it sounds like something's happening with the Islanders and Anders Lee. And, and earlier there had been these reports that, oh, maybe Lee could possibly get up to 9 million. And look, we all love Anders Lee, but that's crazy. 
Um, and it turns out the Islanders did sign him. Uh, they gave him seven million uh, over seven, you know, th- uh, seven million a year over seven years, which is a totally fair and reasonable contract for a guy of his his uh, skills. And the best part was the guy who announced that the signing was finalized was, in fact, Anders Lee, who tweeted out uh, a clip from the Wolf of Wall Street saying, "I'm not fucking leaving," and that just made him a legend. I saw even non-Islanders fans were like, "That's awesome that <laughs> he did that." And so. You know, here we had a guy who didn't want to come to the Islanders and, and be a part of this thing versus a guy who is here. And this takes I mean, this to me elevates Anders Lee to Islanders legend status. Like this guy is just he gets it. He's here. He wants he's going to be a lifer here, basically. And that's just I mean, I haven't seen anybody have this much pride in the Islanders in a long, long time. And it was awesome to see. And it was a good price, too. I mean, they didn't overpay him. He got what he wanted and he's ready to lead this team to wherever he's going to lead them to. Yeah, I started to, uh, with the whole Panarin stuff, I started picture, you know, I, I, I tried to come to grips with the fact that Anders Lee would be on a different team. And, mm. uh, I, I mean, I pictured him in a Blackhawks uniform and a Blue Jackets, you know, all these in the Canadians. Like, I was like, wow, he would look great in Montreal. They would love him there. You know, he's a, just a guy who will do whatever it takes to win. And, um, yeah, I was sad, but I was also like just so happy. Like if he was going to get nine million dollars from the the Canadians, like yeah. that would be amazing. God bless like, you. Good for, yeah, good good for Anders. Yeah. And so many people when that rumor popped, like everyone was like, "Oh man, I'm so happy for Anders mm-hmm. Lee." And like uh, then when on the other side of the coin, yeah. So we get to the the low lows of uh, the Panarin stuff, and the Islanders are basically left, as you put, like holding the bag and. At that point, it seemed like it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Lee was was walking, and and nobody had ever indicated otherwise. And you're just like this. Now I've started to picture him, and I wasn't getting mad at him, but I was just getting mad in general. Like I was like, <laughs> oh great! Like when the Canadians come and I see Lee there, and I'm just thinking like, wow, we, we should have just signed him on, you know, February in February, mm. <laughs> like when it, when we had you know nobody else nipping at his heels, and uh, then yeah that last like 20 minutes and it's just how the islanders got its status quo like i mm. think when you know we'll talk about what happened with uh with the goaltending but uh in general i think the islanders went into july 1st and came out of july 1st as basically the same team the way they got to and from that point <laughs> was a ridiculous ride yeah. like just a ridiculous like the lows i felt that the high, the, the tweet, like you said, like from Lee and the fact that he, you just feel that chills, like those chills down your spine that this guy gets what's going on here and knows what we feel as Islander fans and wants to win for us basically because there's no other reason. <laughs> I mean, sure, yes, he's getting paid handsomely, but like you could easily just walk away from this and he could have got paid handsomely elsewhere. Right. But he gets, he gets like there's something to, to what's going on with this franchise. And so you get those those shows and i don't want to call it a high because it it wasn't you know it wasn't a celebration it wasn't like the islanders went and solved all their problems but they could have come out so much worse than mm-hmm. than they did and the fact that they didn't like and it was him and the fact that he's now on the track to being one of these one jersey legends uh like those guys there's just so few and far between as we we, we experienced last year like that's it's awesome i mean i just want to go give him a gigantic hug <laughs> yeah it, it had occurred to me that like when when the numbers finally came out and 
you you knew it was okay because you didn't see a lot of people going, "Wow, that's stupid." Like you know, it was it was fine. And it occurred to me that the Islanders essentially slipped on a banana peel and landed on the exact contract that they probably should have given Anders Lee six months ago. You know, just like just give it to him, yeah, exactly. and it would have been fine. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely. I mean, again, he's he's taking this Islanders pride thing and. And he's really made it his his life work in a sense, in a way. And afterwards, the the comments that came out were were really awesome. I want to pull up uh, Dom's story here that uh, that we have uh, on the site. And you know, again, he had the tweet, and then his agent was like, Anders didn't negotiate with anybody. Like he was never going to leave. Uh, you know, he took some calls, I guess, but uh, they the idea that Anders gave his agent Neil Shee was. You know, I want to work it out with the Islanders. I don't want to leave. And so she, he said there was never a moment on this free agency day where it was even a possibility that Anders was going to leave the Islanders, no matter what else happened. That type of fake news fries my bananas, which is a new phrase to add to our lexicon for sure. <laughs> Anders Lee said the most important quality in a teammate is loyalty, and he meant it. And yeah, that was basically it. And, you know, Anders said later on, like, you know, they never, he was never going to, uh, he wasn't negotiating. Uh, um, Renault uh, Lavoie from Montreal said, yeah, I mean, he heard the teams called and they were told, no, we're, we're not negotiating. <laughs> we're talking with the Islanders. So this is just awesome. And this guy, I, I, it reminded me, too, of the picture of, of Lee and Trotz having coffee that remember surfaced on like Reddit a few months ago. And I'm like, these guys must have been talking. To, apparently, Lee was totally happy waiting for the Islanders to sign Panarin. And then he would come in after. So they would have gotten them both. I mean, if that isn't the most loyal thing you've ever heard from a professional athlete, I don't know what is. Like, yeah, sure, go out, sign that guy who's going to score 50 goals for us. I'll wait. No problem. I mean, are you kidding me right now? That's yeah, awesome. And, and it was, uh, the, for the first time, I think, in, in my relationship with, with my fiance, like she, she called me yesterday because she, she knew I, uh, you know, loved Robin Leonard to like kind of just con- give condolences and, <laughs> and she wasn't totally into the whole details like i couldn't like explain exactly how the whole thing shook out yeah, no, but she's like and i was I like i still oh, can't no, it's I, a day later i still can't yeah. explain how the whole thing and shook i was like out. i was like i was like you know what they they got uh anders lee and back and she's like yeah but you know do you ever think like why do you do this to yourself and i uh it really shook me because that's the first time i've ever really she ever really right. asked asked me that question that's and, not me the wisest thing anybody's ever said on this uh on this program <laughs> exactly <laughs> and yeah and, and I didn't have the answer then, but then when I hung up and then I read those quotes, I was like, that's why I do it. You know, like, like, because we, we do, like, there are these guys like, like, like Anders Lee and like, even like Jordan Everly to an extent, like these right. guys, like Lubomir Viznowski, Evgeny Nabokov, like these guys get here and they see it and they're like, no, it makes sense. And if we can convince more people, hmm. I mean, you can go back to the dynasty guys too. Like there's obviously something to this whole hell we experience as islanders that like makes it worth it and uh we have another one just like oh well you know if you listen to this guy you you think that this is the best existence in the world Hmm. and uh yeah i mean that was just i can't wait to build him a statue yeah (laughs) oh for sure uh and you know and the weird thing too is that like you know all of the things that you think would keep panarin away from the islanders clearly don't bother guys like lee and Eberly and Nelson and Bailey and these other guys who, like you said before, like could walk away and get paid anywhere. But like, you know, the two arena thing, the plane in the suburbs thing, oh, the traffic, eh, nobody likes it. But like these guys know what it is. Like they get what's underneath all of that kind of inconvenience and they, they want to see it through. And that's what really 
what we do too, you know. I mean, it's a metaphor for for us. Like we see the <laughs> the losses and the and the disappointments, and and we're still here, and those guys are still here too, doing what they do, and and it's it's pretty inspiring. And you know, and I, I said it before, any team should be proud to have Anders. You know, the, the the most frustrating thing of the whole thing was explaining to Canadians fans back when it seemed like you know there was a two horse race to sign this guy, why Anders Lee is a good dude and why you would want Anders Lee because they were like, oh, I don't want to pay this guy all this money. He doesn't do anything, and I'm like. This is one of the best people in the league. Like he's literally a prince among men, and your team, your hoity-toity, snooty team, would be ha- happy to have this guy. And you know, it's just, it's, and, and so he's our guy now. So screw you, because <laughs> we'll yeah. keep him, and he loves us, and we love him. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect way to put it. I mean, the, the guy, he just, I, and you think, like, even going further, like him, you said it perfectly, like him and Trotz, like Barry Trotz. Mm. If you name the five most respected people in the NHL at this moment, Barry Trotz is probably among them, maybe number one. Right. And and he gets it. Like he gets – he knows. He, right. he, he's the one who keeps saying on the island. Like these guys keep saying it on the island. I think Neil, I think Neil Shee might have said on the island. And I'm like <laughs> this is becoming a rally – like rally yeah. cry. Like yeah, it's, it's – something special is taking place on the island. Yeah. It's – getting it's weird <laughs> it, it, it is weird and and the fact that trots like latched onto it within a year is awesome you know yeah, like in just, three months all of a sudden right. these are the capitals dressing groups talking yeah, really. about you know long island and, and uh yeah it's just it's the strangest thing and uh it, it when you, you come out of yesterday and you're just like all confused i felt like i was beat up mm, yeah uh well, well whatever i mean i don't know yeah, uh, well, if you if you felt beat up at the end of the Lee uh, saga, you definitely felt beat up after the end of the goalie saga, and that was the one that I, I actually I actually was hoping you were okay for this one because this one I, I felt was going to hit you pretty hard. But uh, within the span of a couple of minutes, the Islanders lost Robin Leonard, who had won the Masterton Trophy and was a finalist for the Vezina Trophy and became a fan favorite. And signed Simeon Varlamov, who had spent, yeah, an, uh, a surprising eight years in Colorado. It seemed like just yesterday he was a capital and was traded out there. But uh, it, again, to the, right now, I just read Scott Powers' article on The Athletic for, I think, the third or fourth time. And I'm still not 100% sure what happened there. Everybody's got their own story. It seems as if Leonard, you know, uh, the Islanders offered Leonard uh, at some point a, a two-year uh, $10 million contracts of $5 million per. Uh, Leonard called it an ultimatum. Uh, said the Islanders, you know, he, he wanted more term. That was the term they gave him and basically said, take it or leave it. Uh, he said, I'll take a couple of days to think about it. And when he came back, they had already talked to Varlamov and were on to negotiating a contract with him. And and he just walked and, you know, ended, ended up his agent ended up talking to the Blackhawks on Sunday and then on Monday afternoon he was a Chicago Blackhawk for one year, five million, which is kind of weird. The Islanders end up giving Varlamov, who's four years older and has a lot more uh, injury problems, four years at five million per, which is too long and too much, uh, to be quite honest, if you ask me. Um, and you know this crazy ride came to an end, and it's a very very disappointing ending. And you know, I, I just I feel like somewhere in the middle is probably the truth and. And it's really just a shame. Like, I, there's really no other way to put it. It's just a shame that that's how it ended. And I know we're all going to be rooting for Robin Leonard, and I hope he gets a really big round of applause when he plays at Nassau Coliseum or Barclays next year. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's like, no beating around it. It's just the guy came and just this 
I've never seen an outpouring of emotion from Islander fans in in one direction. Like everything was so positive with him. Like you, you you're sure they're popular players, but uh, but they're still going to be detractors in you know whatever in the in the nosebleeds of a coliseum. We're like this guy sucks. Like he doesn't work hard enough or whatever. And and there was none of that with Leonard. Like everybody loved him for for good reason. He's a super super brave dude. And um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, I think it's just going to take some time to like kind of come to grips with it because if if for someone who was here for just one season, it feels like he was just our guy, uh, mm-hmm. and he was taken away in like a in weird in like a weirdly um, I don't know. It felt like no, like you said, nobody's telling the truth. It doesn't seem like, <laughs> and which sucks because if someone had just said it, I, I mean, my my understanding is look. The goaltending market's volatile. The smart teams are not going to give big term. I shouldn't say smart teams, but the teams, big market teams, teams that don't need to, aren't going to give big term to goalies uh, who are unproven. And Leonard had a great season, uh, but there is obviously baggage there. And unfortunately, you have to, if you're running a business, you have to say it. Like, no matter what team he was negotiating with, there was somebody who was going to be in that room saying, "Can we trust this guy with?" two years can we trust this guy with three years can we mm. dom i think put it perfectly like you gotta negotiate with a player like that a player with with past uh, you know mental health or addiction issues like they have an injury it's mm. sad but it's like just a, the honest truth of it and i think his agent probably misread the market the islanders gave him the deal that they were going to give him and, and leonard obviously thought he probably could get a couple more years out of the uh the open market mm. didn't happen at that point, it was too late. Then the cherry on top was the four years to Varlamov. Like that's what that's what it's yeah. always that's what's going to keep me up at night. It's like <laughs> if it was if 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 and I get the whole Sorokin thing. So I was expecting two, maybe three years. Like this guy's going to play here this year with Grice, yeah. then next year with with Sorokin to be his mentor, and then the year maybe the year after that to be his backup if it works out. But then the fourth, I mean, it's just if if I don't know. I, yeah. And nobody's nobody's on the Islander side is ever going to tell you the truth of what happened. Right. Uh, the the comments at Lighthouse Hockey were kind of a scary place on days like <laughs> like July first and the trade deadline. But I, I was reading them and it, it was kind of funny how you know people kind of came to grips with the idea of losing Leonard and signing Varlamov, and I was like, all right, fine. And then it was like four years. Oh, well, I guess it's not that bad. They're bringing him in to mentor Sorokin, who's a friend of his, and you know, be like a Russian compatriot. And you know, people kind of begrudgingly letting it go. And then when the dollar value came out, and it was like, oh fuck this! <laughs> I can't five million. We're giving this guy five million a year for four years, and and the guy we like just walked away from a one year contract for the same money. Like that's ridiculous. And so that was really soured everybody mm-hmm. on it. Um, yeah, I think I think if you look at it as a pure player a player b thing hmm. it's it's probably not going to be a drastic change like this no. Leonard goaltending is so yeah. hard it's just so hard like if you're just looking at just strictly player performance and yeah. but that's not what we're here to do we're here to be fans right <laughs> like I, like i'd always rather root for robin Leonard than Simeon yeah Bar- oh Bar- for Lama. sure yeah right so like that's yeah. that's the whole disappointing thing is like we had this guy hmm. and you just didn't need to you didn't need to galaxy brain it and they did <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's what that's what really sucks and and the thing you know Lamarillo obviously spoke to trots and he spoke to right. mitch corn and he spoke to 
Pierre Greco, like they signed off on this deal. Nobody, yeah. nobody, Lou Lamarillo didn't just show up with Simeon Barlamov <laughs> to the Coliseum and be like, hey, this is your new right. goalie this year. Everybody is in on it uh, to, you know, to some extent or oh. the other. Oh, I so I don't think they just signed off on it. I mean, Lou said today in his conference call that they tried to trade for Varlamov last year. Right, yeah, exactly. And these guys have always been high on him. So, you know, at that point, it's like, all right, well, I think maybe on paper it's a step back. Again, Varlamov has a history of injuries, groin injuries in particular. Um, but maybe they feel like with their system, they can, you know, kind of resurrect him a little bit. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, I don't, uh, you know, this just sucks because, you know, Robin Leonard's moving on to another team, and I guess you're just going to have to live with it. But, like, I would really hate for him to get, like, lit up by a very undisciplined defensive team like the Blackhawks and for people to go after that one year, well, that was clearly a, a you know, an outlier or a one-off thing, and this guy just isn't that good. And it's like, no, he was pretty damn good this year. And, and you know, then he has ended up playing in the KHL. Like, I don't want that to happen. I want that guy to be successful. But... It seems like they had Varlamov in in their minds for a long time, and that's just really weird. I don't, you know, he same, was, you know. It, when his name started to pop, and I'm like, what yeah. the hell? Like that? If you had listed, you know, every <laughs> all sixty goalies who played an NHL game last year, and you said, all right, can you rank them one to sixty, the most yeah. likely to play on the Islanders next year without even looking at the contracts? I'd be like, Simeon, like, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. a goalie in the NHL, but. I can never see him being an Islander. It's just yeah. he's just always been out of that, you know, universe. And not with Cam Talbot and Anthony Stolar is available. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, you know, the other thing too, and, and we have to address it, is uh, a number of years ago, Varlamov was involved in a domestic violence uh, dispute. Uh, it's the g- details are very gory. You can read them in many, many places, and. At the end of the day, uh, he was found not guilty by a jury and, in fact, was awarded uh, an award uh, from a judge uh, based on the evidence and stuff like that. Um, You know, this is going to be a hot button issue now for four years, apparently, and uh, it's not a great look for the Islanders, who are always so high on character guys. Um, One thing I do want to say is that, you know, it's a very sensitive topic and it should be treated as a sensitive topic. And... If people aren't cool with rooting for Varlamov as their team's goalie, then that is their right. And you may be tweeting or commenting like that they should just get over it and isn't going to help. I promise you that is the exact 100% opposite way that this should be handled. If you're cool with it and you're okay with the guy being your team's goalie, then just be cool with it. And if people aren't cool with it, they're allowed to not be cool with it. And you know what? I'm frankly not cool with it, but... We're all stuck. <laughs> we're all Islanders fans. And now we're stuck with this guy for four years. And we hope that the dude that they're going to bring over and the reason they signed this guy better be like Vladislav Tretiak version 2.0 because this is a hell of a gambit regardless of the legal ramific- you know, uh, baggage that he's coming with. This is a hell of a gambit for this team. And if it doesn't work, this is going to set the Islanders back a long time. And so, you know, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But we all need to be very sensitive about this and, you know, just yelling at people about it that, you know, he's this, that, it's not going to help. So just, you know, <laughs> we all hope this works out and we all hope that Sorokin comes over here and leads the Islanders to a Stanley Cup. And that's what this is really all about. I mean, at the end of the day, the reason they wanted this guy was for Sorokin. So yeah. this is it. This is the way where we're stuck now. You know? It's it's like another wrinkle to this weird switch, right? Like it was impossible to separate the player from the person with Leonard. 
in a good way. Like we all wanted the player and the person and we're rooting for them every step of the way. And now it's like going to be really hard to do to, <laughs> to separate the player from the person again, Agreed. but in a, the, the opposite way. And yeah, like, you know, we, we, we've said it a couple of times on the show, like the, we're, we're all here. Like we've all been through the, the, the serious lows of being an Islander fan. Like the best way to get through this is to just do it together. Whether that means, you know, however you want to deal with, um, what's what's going on with with the goalie like that's totally your right and you just you just want to hopefully like hopefully everybody is just there to support the team and each other and, and like long island in general because like yesterday sucked it was another <laughs> shitty day and the, the only good thing the only good thing about like the past like three days is like i had several islander fans i could talk to and commiserate commiserated <laughs> with it and they'd be like no it sucks and yeah. you know it, you you it it's such an insular solid solitary life to be an islander fan because you know we're not the maple leafs there's not a million of us right there's a couple thousand and we just need to you find each other and you just like talk to one another and just seek out there's going to be no matter how you feel about varlamov you're going to be able to there's going to be someone who feels like you do and you can just have that conversation with that person feel feel good about that and 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 hopefully the Islanders win the Stanley Cup somehow. <laughs> that's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> okay, so that those are the individual moves, and uh, we're going to take a break and uh, hear from uh, some sponsors, and then we'll be back and we'll talk about big picture and uh, how the Islanders look right now and how the rest of the division does too. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. July 1st was not kind to the Islanders. Obviously, Anders Lee being the, uh, the big silver lining, big bright square jawed silver lining of the whole day. Um, but, you know, when I took a step back and kind of looked at how everything shook out at the end of the day, um, my outlook started getting a little bit better. Without question, objectively speaking, the Rangers and Devils are going to be better teams. They were already better at the draft. I mean, they got Kako and Jack Hughes. 
Um, and the Rangers had picked up Jacob Trouba at that point, and obviously now they have Panarin. So it, it's it goes beyond saying that those two teams are going to be v- good this coming season. How good, we don't know. I, I don't think the Devils are still a playoff team, but you never know. They do have P.K. Subban now, too. Uh, the Rangers, I think, probably have a pretty good chance of being a playoff team as long as Henrik Lundqvist doesn't like literally fall apart. Um, but then when you look at the rest of the division, I'm just not high on the Kevin Hayes signing at all for the Flyers. I don't think they're... They're that much better than they were last year. Also, the the probability is high that they do something really dumb and trade somebody who's good for nothing. Uh, the Penguins, I think, are probably just right where they were. I don't. They signed Brandon Tanev, who to a six year contract. He's okay, but why six years? I don't know. They also traded Phil Kessel for Alex Kalchenyuk, who will probably be scapegoated the way Phil Kessel was. Uh, the Capitals are exactly the same. They lost Brett Connolly. They actually traded. Uh, um, Andre Burakovsky. So if anything, they might got a, maybe gotten a little bit worse. Um, and uh, who am I forgetting? The, the Blue Jackets are clearly worse <laughs> than they lost half their roster. And the Hurricanes uh, are the same, basically. I mean, they tra- they swapped out uh, James Reimer uh, in for Curtis McElhaney, who signed someplace else. Um, so, I mean, I, in the, when you look at it that way, I don't think the Islanders are in that bad a spot. Like you said, they're more or less the same team that they were last year that got 103 points. The problem is, A, as Lou Lamorello said, they're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. And, B, they still need the same – they still need a third-line uh, center. They still probably need, uh, a, you know, maybe another fourth-line player uh, for Cal, to replace Cal Clutterbuck. And they clearly still need a game-breaking big-time forward to kind of push the offense a little bit. Um, does that – sound a little bit like where you're at or are you like this is going to suck really bad <laughs> yeah i think uh you know a good practice to get to get get into if if you want to know like winners and losers and this, this is i guess a little self-serving uh because of what i do for work but if you look at the like the outright market and in, in the betting markets these betting markets are incredibly inf- efficient and they'll tell you the the rangers shortened which means their their odds got better basically they they're more likely to win the stanley cup from 80 to 1 to 30 to 1 which is a huge shift like mm-hmm. but that you know that probably means that you know somebody probably just you know smashed them and and bet them pretty big and the, they had to adjust and they're expre- the the odds makers are expecting more ranger bets to come in so they protect themselves like uh some places have them like 40 or 50 to 1 and the devils are 30 to 1 too which really surprised because they that they were also 80 to 1 hmm. i think the suban suban's a popular player people sure price, yeah. people probably saw good. that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and but you know, if you look at the the Islanders division right now, like the Flyers, uh, forty to one. The Blue Jackets are sixty to one. The Islanders are thirty to one. The Rangers thirty one. The Devils thirty one. Mm. And then you got the the Penguins, the Capitals, both very popular teams are twenty to one. So what it's telling you is this division is good. Mm. It's I don't think there's there's no clear favorite. There's there's no team that like the Lightning uh, mm. in this division. Um, so it's still there. Like the Islanders still aren't. Th- <laughs> Next year, no matter what people tell you about regression or whatever, like the Islanders can still be good. Like you, you, regression happens on an individual basis. And uh, Valtteri Filppula, for example, like he's not on the Islanders anymore. So if Valtteri Filppula regresses mm. next year, that's not going to have any effect on the Islanders. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. so so I mean, it, it, like it, it, Noah Dobson, for example, was not on the Islanders last year. So the Islanders' defense isn't as good, or their defenders from last year aren't as good as they are this year it doesn't affect Noah Dobson he's still there uh he's new to the team and I think you hit on it right so they 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 have serious needs they're the same needs that they had from basically the trade deadline that Lou Lamarillo 
was it after the deadline or was it after the season ended where he admitted like this was on me we needed more pop up front oh that was after the season and yeah, Trotz so, was like we need pop up front yeah right so so these I don't know how like what the, the the trust level definitely has been diminished to, on the front office but they know it and you hope that they they're still like you know the window is still there this division is still for the taking like this who who's better than the Islanders by that much in this division and it's really not that many teams right. if they can get if they can get a a score like and right. if they can maybe get like Brian people keep bringing up Brian Boyle and so if the Islanders sign Brian Boyle like you slot him and Sezikis as your two bottom centers and you have Drock Nelson and Matt Barzell like that's a if you just looked at those four guys you're like how many points does this team get you're like that's decent that's a decent group of centers yeah Boyle uh, is definitely an upgrade over to Philpola <laughs> right exactly like, you, like these are these is this is a team that that is not bad at least you right. know and that's all you have to be in the NHL, frankly. Uh, and they have the good coaching. Their defense is in really good shape. Uh, I was going to say the coaching staff coming back is an enormous, enormous mm-hmm. thing for the Islanders. Like that, it, it, that is probably the biggest thing, really. And look, like if we all could just go to the the supermarket down the road and go grab a score, we would do it. But like <laughs> that's just not how it works. Like it's not up to us. Like. Right. The world's got to do it. And, and you just hope to God that he's able to do it, whether it's, you know, Nikita Gusev right. is now written. Like, I mean, he, he could be as good as Artemi Panarin. Who knows? Like, yeah. he's, he's a similar kind of uh, story, I guess. And, and you just hope that there's somebody out there mm. that would take on maybe an Islander d- defenseman. Like, what, we have a couple of surplus defensemen, yeah. or we have well, ca- so much cap space. So let, let's just hope that they're able to, to make it work. Well, let, let's start with like internal options because Lou always went to that, and I, I don't think he's really being 100% serious. I think it's just kind of like we can't, can't talk about other other teams' players sort of situation, but let, let's just take a look at some of the internal options. Obviously, you've got guys at the AHL level, Michael Dow Cole and Josh Hosang. I, Kiefer Bellows, I guess, will throw in there. Uh, Wallstrom, I think, is bound for the AHL period this year. I, Bellows, too, probably. Otto Koivula, or Koivula, sorry, it sounds like Panama, apparently. Koivula uh, will probably also be in the AHL all year, perfecting his his centerman craft. Uh, so that basically leaves, you know, Del Cole and, and Hosang for those roles. And I guess we could throw Anthony Beauvillier in there, too, because he's been a regular, obviously, but, you know, if he can find another level, and I feel like we've been talking about this now for four, five years, if he can find another level to hit, you know, okay, he can hit 20. If he can get to like thirty goals, well, then maybe they're inching closer to not needing an Artemi Panarin type. You know, um, the problem is those guys have been around, and it's at this point a little bit much to ask them to be something that they're not. Michael Dacol had a great season last year because he turned into something we didn't expect, which is a reliable defensive uh, player and and wall, a guy on the wall. And if he can translate that into a full season. And maybe connect with somebody like, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Beauvillier, for example, then maybe they can find the offense there. Uh, Hosang at this point, I mean, we all love him, but I mean, I don't know, man. This is this is this is really the sink or swim season for him. I mean, it's going to he's either going to contribute or he's going to be gone. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could kind of see that happening. Maybe now that they've seen what Trotz is like, maybe the offseason season can change some things for those guys. And maybe they don't have, maybe the guy that they're looking for is in their system right now. That's sort of the pie in the sky view. I even, I don't even believe it, even though I just said it, but uh, I guess that's an option, right? I mean, it's not, it's not impossible, but it seems kind of unlikely at this point. Yeah. I mean, ideally you'd have, uh, you know, Sezikis in 
kind of in between like Alcola and maybe Beauvillier is like a third line. Um, right. And then you go down and you have maybe Fritz Kunakel slash whoever else. Is oh, yeah. I forgot Kuh- Tom Kunakel is back too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did it. You got Tom. Um, but uh, I think like if, if I, that's that's the ideal scenario. And, and who knows with, uh, you know, who's saying at this point, I'm just so. Uh, I Yeah, I just, we're all sick of talking. About yeah, it's it. just I just want to obviously like if, if he excuse me, if he comes uh, in, in next year and scores 30 goals, like awesome. Like that'd be awesome. Uh, but you know, if, if you and I were looking at each other in the eye right now, rather than over Skype, we'd say this is probably going to be. If the Islanders do sort their their goal scoring issues out, it's coming from outside. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, let's let's look at that. Now there are options out there. You brought up one of them already. Uh, Nikita Gusev, n- not a household name because he hasn't played in the NHL yet. Uh, he's the leading scorer in the KHL. He's apparently a superstar over there. His his rights are held by the Vegas Golden Knights right now, who in no time flat have become the biggest cap crunched team in the entire NHL. And they need to do something. Uh, this dude wants apparently about four million a year and they only have, I think, three million in cap space left and they have to sign like three other guys. So they can do one of two things. They can either trade some other guys that are making a lot of money, guys like Cody Eakin, who's making three and a half million who's quite frankly not that good. Um, uh, who's the other guy? Ryan Reeves, who's obviously a pair of fists on skates. Uh, it's also making $2.5 million or something like that, which is crazy. Um, they could trade those guys and then sign Gusev, or they can just cut bait on Gusev and get somebody for him. Um, I saw some tweets before that the Islanders are in on it, and that would be cool, but you know the problem is that Vegas, you're going to have to hope that the Golden Knights take back either a prospect or or picks because they cannot take back any any salary at all. Uh, so that would mean that you know, it, in a way, it could work out great for the Islanders and that they could trade a prospect or a couple of picks for him and get a pretty darn good score, and then still also have a Nick Letty or a Thomas Hickey or whoever to trade someplace else. Um, but that's again kind of a, a really uh, really pie in the sky scenario there that I don't think is going to happen. Uh, it would be pretty cool. Could they offer sheet of Patrick Line? Or Kyle Connor from Winnipeg, another cash strap, another cap crunch team. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have thought about the line A scenario, and it's pretty <laughs> enticing. But uh, yeah, that's that's I, I I should take your advice and not not picture him in an Islanders jersey because that would be a bad idea. <laughs> so, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Basically, back when back when things were a little bit happier, I was you know the, the whole Matt Martin wedding. Obviously, oh. congrats to Matt. Yeah, uh, and Mitch Marner was on t- in town, and and you just like, right. I I got carried away again, like same thing, like and and I said, no, don't picture him in an Islander uniform, don't picture him, you know, loving Long Island. He's obviously, uh, you know, having a great time at the wedding, and is in Southampton, which is beautiful, and maybe he he falls in love with Long Island. I was like, oh, don't fall in love. But then I knew, oh well, you got a backup, like you're in a Panarin, right. you know, so you can have some fun with this one because there's there are backups. Hmm. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just so frustrating because, like I was just saying before about going to the supermarket and getting a score, like this is a it seems like a no brainer, and there's so many other things obviously that go into these things. Uh, we've seen the how the the Hurricanes have handled the the Canadians offer sheet mm. with basically, you know, making a mockery of Montreal <laughs> and stuff and right. doing their thing, and and so 
there were a lot of people, I think Elliot Freeman was like, oh, if one, one team does it, then everyone else is going to fall in line. And then the Hurricanes kind of ruined that by doing that because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I don't want, you know, if I do it and, and the Winnipeg Jets just make fun of the Lou Lamarillo f- for, uh, for whatever, like, then it's just a bad look for me. So, but I mean, that's, I think it's a no brainer. Like, go out and do it. Just, there's right. a clear, there are players that you can go get them. What's the worst that can happen? Like they say, <laughs> they say no and make fun of you a little bit. And, you know, Kevin Chubel a day off or Kyle Dubas is mad at you. Like, who cares? Yeah. Well, um, obviously. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously there is a price to pay or mm. you, you're giving up some serious compensation, but the Islanders have a really good chance if they do fix that kind of shotgun position with Matt Barzell to be good next year, maybe even like contender good, but uh, they're just, they seem like they're a little gun shy to do it. I, and I, th- I think what, what I was going to say was that I think the reason they're gun-shy is because they're going to have a couple of big RFAs next year, including Matt Barzell and including Ryan Pollock and then Devon Taves a year later. Actually, technically, Anthony Pavilla is an RFA right now, but uh, yep. guys like Sebastian Ajo and Mitch Marner are kind of taking up all of the uh, the ink, uh, so to speak, and nobody's really yeah. talking about that. But uh, the, fresh- the frustrating thing is, like, if you look at it, like, like the, the Maple Leafs have been in salary cap health, and I know the Maple Leafs are a big market team. But they got creative and got their way out of it. Obviously, right. it costs it costs them a lot, but they're going to be good again next year because they got they were figured out a way to finagle their way out. Like there's, if you get creative, you can do it, and you just hope that the Islanders can. Because God knows, Gar Snow never did it, <laughs> and, and, like, like, yeah. and, and you you wonder if 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 Lamarillo can like at least you know just do something yeah. out of out of the blue. It's been. Mm. When's the last time? I think Boychuk and Letty. I think would would sure. be the. I mean, you could say Trots to to some extent, but that's not a on ice move. Right. Um, and also, just, he, he was out there. Like he, we all exactly. know he was out there. And right. and there were only so many spots. And right. Uh, it, it there just hasn't been one of those moments in in, in years. And the Islanders uh, are desperate for one. Yeah, I was I was DMing with a friend of mine on Twitter, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not sure if it's possible Lou doesn't have it anymore." And I was like, well, Garth Snow never had it. So I guess <laughs> Lou used to have it, and yeah. Garth Snow did, never did. So Look, Mike uh, Milbury never. I mean, it's the, <laughs> this is yeah. the best we've, we've had in a long time, no matter the shortcomings, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there are options out there. The Leafs, uh, well, you, you know, if you didn't already hear, uh, traded Nazem Kadri and a couple of guys to uh, Colorado for Tyson Barry and, a couple, and Alex Kerfoot, who's kind of like a Kadri-type player. Uh, before that, they had traded – they had made a really weird move with their in imagine the Islanders and Rangers making a deal like this. Basically, the Leafs and Senators both had defensemen who were kind of sketchy but were making too much money. Nikita Zaitsev on one end, Cody Ceci is going to be an R, is an RFA and he needs a contract and he's got arbitration rights I guess. So, so they swapped those two guys and the, somebody else went somewhere other as a draft pick there. Um and you know, I've been hearing for years now about how Cody Ceci sucks. So, I'm kind of hoping that he continues to suck as a member of the Maple Leafs. Um, but a lot of it was done to clear up cap room, basically, so that they can sign Marner. And at this point, I, I don't know what their cap situation is. But, I mean, I think at this point it's pretty safe to say that they will sign him, uh, which will unfortunately be uh, be a real uh, – another disappointment for Islanders fans. But, I mean, that was probably even a bigger pipe dream than Panarin. Um, there are options out there, and I feel like this is the kind of thing that – it's going to take a while, and and you know I'm glad you brought up the Letty Boychuk trade, not because trades, not because you know Letty is potentially 
traded again, but because both those happen on the eve of training camp. And I feel like this is one of those situations where that could happen too. Like it could seem like the Islanders are coming back with essentially the same exact team. I mean, I'm sure they'll sign a third line center at some point and probably somebody, somebody else, but you know, we could be getting to training camp and be like, well, it's the same old team. And then all of a sudden, boom, a trade is made. And then there's another guy and you're like, Oh, I never even thought of that guy. So, um, that could happen. It could, maybe there's a trade tomorrow. I mean, we have a, a knack for making these things happen uh, out of thin air after recording podcasts. So you never know who's going to be on the, the team by the time you listen to this. But, um, you know, there are options out there. And I'm not trying to push Nick Letty out the door. We all like, like Nick Letty, but he is the most kind of liable to go. Again, Thomas Hickey, I'm definitely not pushing out the door because we love Thomas Hickey. But again, you know, with a, with a defense that's kind of, you know, ready with a bunch of younger guys, they seem like the most expendable, quote-unquote, so to speak, um, or most tradable, I should say. So there are things out there, but Lou's going to have to find one and and hope it works. And uh, I'm kind of surprised Brandon Saad didn't get traded uh, again by the Blackhawks because uh, he's he's a guy who could be up there too. But uh, we just have to wait and see, basically. Yeah, it's a helpless situation. I mean, th- this whole thing is – that's why July 1st for teams like us is help is – Terrible, because <laughs> you know what? Like I, I won't lie. Like there uh, was it the thirtieth, um, whatever night that was, Monday night or Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I was up all night. Like I was having you know dreams and checking my phone. I'm like oh, you know what? Maybe someone had tweeted that he made his decision at one in the morning Eastern, mm-hmm. which would make zero sense. But I convinced myself there's a chance. So I'd take out my phone and look at it and put it away. Well, fall back asleep. made his decision or late Sunday night too. Apparently, so yeah, and 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 I just kept waking up in the middle of the night and and when i woke up in the morning and uh saw nothing had happened i was like you know what go to work and we'll, <laughs> hopefully by the time you get there it'll probably happen while you're in the tunnel but, <laughs> but by the time you get there mate, hopefully he's an islander and um all my friends who <laughs> and i'm not saying like i mean i know there are a lot of really good ranger fans who are diehard ranger fans but they weren't worried. <laughs> they were no. not worried at all. No. Like this was at their franchises. This was a franchise altering thing. And I felt helpless. And that was the point I was trying to make is like, we're in a helpless spot, right? This is not up to us. We can't do anything about it. Uh, so we just got to hope to God that when news breaks, if it mm. breaks, um, it's good news. And yeah. uh, that the Islanders have acquired somebody or offer sheeted somebody and made the <laughs> team better. And uh, I- I'm, I'm surprised to see, the comments on Blackhawks fans, like again, uh, at the, uh, the story at the athletic and, and even on Twitter, like they are beside themselves with joy that Robin Leonard became available and that the Blackhawks actually signed him because Corey Crawford has had some injury problems. And I mean, I thought Colin Delia was good. I mean, we, we all saw him in that game against the, <laughs> the Islanders where the Islanders ran the Blackhawks out of the building and he stood on his head and, and I think dragged him to overtime. Right. So, uh, apparently they were concerned about their goaltending, and all of a sudden a guy who was just nominated, you know, finalist for the Vezina, fell into their lap. And boy, the way they they're making comments, you, you would think that they were Islanders fans. Like, holy cow, I can't believe this guy fell to us. It's like, um, you guys won three cups in the last like ten years. What the hell are you talking about? But uh, you know, that's just how it is. Sometimes they weren't worried. They just, you know, this guy. They weren't thinking about their goaltending. It just sort of happened that they upgraded it. And it's like, whoa, okay, we'll take it. So, so it's it's so bad. <laughs> This is so really bad. Such we odd, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a um, weird, weird couple weird. Of days. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's make that our segue to to sort of the rest of the league at this point. We won't spend too much time on it, but uh, 
you know, I, we talked about the Metro, and again, uh, you know, I, yes, the Rangers and Devils got better, but I mean, it's still pretty tight. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of front runners out there. I don't uh, think there's. Is there a bad? Team? I can't think of a bad team, and I can't think of a great team. I mean, the, I think the Blue Jackets are going to be pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, I didn't think about that. But you never know. I mean, hey, we all thought the Islanders were going to be pretty bad, and yeah. you know, I mean, they turn. They're still a hardworking team, and they still got good players on it. So you never know. I mean, Eunice Corpusello. The Islanders have been making Eunice Corpusello look like uh, Ken Dryden for like five years at this point. So maybe he's really good. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, they signed somebody else too, some other goalie. Didn't they? I forgot now. Um, but um, the in the other division, uh, Tampa didn't do anything. They don't really need to do anything. They they do need to sign Braden Point, but uh, they were in the mix for Joe Pavelski. He he went to Dallas. Uh, so the Lightning are still going to be very good. Surprise, surprise. Um, wait, didn't they sign somebody? They signed uh, Curtis McElhinney. Oh, oh, they had Curtis McElhinney <laughs> up there. Okay, so yeah, so no, they didn't is, do anything. <laughs> I, I thought the uh, Louis Domingue hmm. obviously was pushed out, and and the goaltending market, like we said, like that was a misread by Leonard and his agent. They got hmm. filled up pretty quickly, and Louis Domingue tweeted out the scene from Forrest Gump where everyone like moves over <laughs> on the bus, like seats taken. So yeah. <laughs> so Louis Louis's not a good goalie, but he's he's yeah. funny guy. It seems That's like uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, the Panthers gave out arguably the worst contract of the day in Sergei Bobrovsky, who's still pretty good, but boy, seven years, ten million a year for a goalie who's like thirty two. That's a bad idea, dude. And I know Luongo just retired. Happy retirement to Roberto Luongo, Islanders legend for all the wrong reasons. Uh, great guy is going to be on Twitter a lot more. Um, but that Bobrovsky thing. They also signed Nola Kari from the Bruins. They got Brett Connolly from the capitals uh, they got anton strawman late of the lightning and a few other teams and obviously coach q is a huge get for them so i mean if anything if their big their big uh, uh upgrade was was joel quenville i mean i, I Bobrovsky will be fine but i could still see that team being fourth best in that conference and missing the playoffs and then that would really suck after they just shelled out that much dough for all those free agents um who else the bruins are still the bruins everybody else in the, the leafs i think I mean, I can't really say they're better, but I can't really say they're worse. I'm hoping they're worse, but I can't really say that they're they're better. They're still going to be pretty good. And uh, who else is there? Oh, yeah, the Sabres. Yeah, they're still the Sabres. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, right? I think there's everybody in that division. Oh, the Senators. Oh, and the Habs. Yeah, the Habs trying to get Sebastian Ajo. Uh, you should read the article on The Athletic, if you can, by Sarah Sivian about how it seems like Ajo's agent kind of made the Canadians think that they weren't going to match because they had no money, and it turns out that they do have some money, and they did match. And so, the Canadians after that didn't really do anything. They got a backup goalie, I think, and maybe a depth forward. And they, they traded Andrew Shaw, uh, who they all came to love for whatever reason. So, that's that. Um, I don't know. What, what do you yeah. think? Like, I mean, am I crazy that the Panthers still aren't that good, or <laughs> made the yeah, I mean, they, aren't that good? Yeah, I think that division is a gauntlet. Mm. So, yeah, the the Bruins and the Leafs and the Bolts. Yeah, um, I mean, it, who knows with the Panthers, man? They because Barkov and Uberdo and Dadanov, that's a right. one of the best leagues and uh, lines in the league. And then who knows with if Bobrovsky's good, they could make some noise. Um, the, the the most amusing thing to me is that the Dallas Stars is like I that is just no idea what they're doing. I really don't, and I it's just, just fun though. I, it's just <laughs> it's fun to watch from afar, like yeah, because uh, I I could totally see Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. Being like a match made in heaven right. in uh, 
as like a second line or third line and scoring, you know, he's scoring 25 or 30 goals. Joe Pavelski scored like a hundred goals last year. Again, he always does that. But, and, um, but I can still see them losing in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, just, it, it, it's, it's, that's just yeah. the strangest, that was the strangest thing when, yeah. um, because Perry, I mean, I actually kind of was like, you know, Corey Perry would be an interesting kind of idea. I'm shocked he's end. not a Philadelphia Flyer. Like I just, to me, yeah. he's a Philadelphia Flyer. But yeah, I thought I thought Flyers or, or Predators. I was like, oh, they yeah. just slide in for Wayne Simmons. And I thought Pavelski for sure was going uh, to the to the Lightning on like a a veteran minimum. He's just, you know, right. I'm I'm ring chasing basically thing. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I, I mean that's weird. The, the Western Conference is is just a disaster. I mean, yeah. they're. Well, Colorado I, right now is probably the class of the entire conference, right? Which I mean, is cra- yeah, they yeah. I think they they and the Knights have the shortest and the Sharks. Right. Excuse me, have the shortest odds. Yeah, they do. And then the Blues and then I mean the the Ducks are bad. They have a great goalie, but they're bad. The Kings are bad. The I mean the Coyotes are, have somehow are, have the highest salary cap in the league and I don't <laughs> they're like just a bunch of like mediocre players on their right. team and I, I, uh, I, Phil Kessel is going to be perfect out there because all he's going to do is score goals and eat. That's it. You know, he's going to be. <laughs> and he's in playing. Life. Yeah, he's playing in an arena named after a casino, which yeah. is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Oh man, yeah, that's but, even more perfect. Yeah, you're right. The Black the Blackhawks will probably win win the West. Like, yeah, just, uh, the know, Canucks. Just, uh, if you don't think that Bobrovsky's contract is the worst one given out, then that probably means that you think that. The uh, Tyler Myers contract is the worst one given out because the Canucks signed him to like a seven-year deal worth like, I don't know, $8 million or something like that a year. I got to look this up now because it's pretty bad. I mean, Bobrovsky at least has a resume, but, man, Tyler Myers, that, when you're like big tar- – I mean, how many times have the Islanders sort of bet against themselves in a situation like this? And that's basically what the Canucks did. Yeah, Tyler Myers, he's – yes, uh, excuse me, five years, $6 million a year. Like – that's way too much, man. For Tyler yeah. Myers, seriously, I know he's like a monster, but still, like, I don't it's know. Just, it was so it's so weird that that was like the Bobrovsky thing too. In the same vein, it were just like foregone conclusions that right. these guys were going to end up there. So the Canucks basically had a chance to focus group that signing because <laughs> for two weeks people were talking about the yeah. Canucks. Please, if you're a Canucks fan, you just do not want this to happen. And they didn't just <laughs> Google. Or Twitter search Tyler Myers and be like, mm. oh wait, let's think about this again. Yeah, uh, I, so yeah, I, I don't really, I don't get what Dallas did. It seems like Jim Neal, he's the, I always say he's the offseason champion because he always makes these like big flashy like name player moves, and then the stars just kind of are the same all the time, you know. So yep. uh, Pavelski is still a good player, and I think Corey Perry can rebound, but I could still totally see that team losing in the second round of the playoffs. I mean, maybe they don't, maybe they're pretty good, but. I don't know. It's funny how the Blues really didn't do anything. That's you know. Yeah. I mean, they just. I guess they didn't really need to. But uh, and the Flames also. I think the Flames basically just sat out. Uh, yeah, they they ended up the Flames and Oilers swapped goalies. Basically. Oh right, yeah. Mike Smith, yeah, and, and Cam Talbot have basically switched places now. And you know, the Oilers. You know, they they signed one guy, and you got fifteen guys writing for the Edmonton Journal telling you how great he is and and how he's exactly what they need and how he's you know gonna gonna really take the the edge the pressure off mcdavid and it's like no no they're not i mean they they signed alex they re-signed alex chase on to a, a two-year i think two million a year contract and my oilers friends were like that's stupid why would you give that guy two million a year i don't understand so they're capped out they still have milan lucic they don't know what they're <laughs> what's going on and you know, the nights we talked about the ducks are in kind of a weird spot the kings are in a weird spot uh, the Sharks are probably still be good because they're going to bring back Joe Thornton. Let's face it, and uh, 
yeah, that. Uh, but Colorado right now between Burkowski and Kadri, they they're all in, man, and that's a fun team to watch. And I kind of and with McKinnon already, and I, I, you want to watch a team out there. Keep an eye on the ads. Unfortunately, their broadcast crew is like ear bleedingly awful. But uh, if you can if you can watch the road games, you should do that because they're going to be very 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 good. And uh, boy, that happened in like a blink of an eye. It just yeah. all of a sudden like holy shit, these guys are really good. It's like they, they finally realized like, like uh, as they were going on that run to the playoffs, like oh shit, Nathan McKinnon is really good. Right. And if, oh, if dude, we just yeah. if we just surround him with like a couple of decent people, yeah. we'll be fine. And that's what they did. Yeah. Took um, a while. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they got a good goalie and. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> Cole Kale McCarr basically made Tyson Berry expendable. Which, you know, think about right. that for a second. Like <laughs> that guy, he's really good. I mean, he was you know, rumored to be traded a, a bunch of times because he was so good, and they needed to recoup assets. And here he is now. So yeah, so it was a weird day. Um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, maybe there's you know four or five teams that actually got appreciably better, but I think you know two of them are the Devils and Rangers, who again got better already just from the draft, and the Avalanche yeah. got better and. I don't know. I don't know who else really did, really. I mean, so it's just—it's a day that I just wish it just could have not happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. We came out of the other side, kind of right. maybe net negative and net positive. Who knows yeah. how the goalies will play? But it's yeah, it was just kind of a waste of time. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I wish there had been sort of an alternate universe in which, you know, twelve twelve fifteen rolls around. It's pretty obvious that the Islanders aren't signing or Tammy Panarin at that point. They announced that they've signed Lee to a seven-year, seven million dollar contract, and Leonard to a two-year, five million dollar per year contract, and then they just took the rest of the day off. Yeah. <laughs> and we all did, and they actually said, "Okay, we're done. Goodbye," and they just left. Yep, that was that was. What I, I think saying, we would like have I, been all pretty the, happy, you know. The reason I was so mad at myself was because that's what I kind of was expecting from the beginning. Was right. you know there was two or three big fish free agent said, I know the Islanders had space, but they weren't obviously going to get these guys. Right. So like if they just taking care of what they need to take care of back in May, <laughs> and then we could have taken July 1st off. And, hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, so that's why I'm, I'm mad at myself and <laughs> just wish, <laughs> I just really wish, uh, yeah, July 1st never yeah. had it happened. You know, and, and yeah, I got people would have been like, wow, it's the same team all over again. But you know, at the same time, you wouldn't have made any terrible mistakes, and yeah. and you would and they would have had, had room to move, improve. Yeah, exactly. You have two months to improve with a lot of cap space, and um, yeah, so that that uh, dance with the uh, false hope devil was <laughs> just really not fun at all. And yeah, yeah. Well, so so it is as as we all as we all uh, do, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, so another uh, another July first comes to a close, and um, you know the, the Islanders have, like you said, two or three months to kind of get back at it and, and see what else, what other changes they can make. Um, we went into this kind of thinking that it was going to be our last episode of the season. However, uh, Brian Compton at uh, the Lou Lamorello conference call <laughs> after all the. The signings were done. Said, you know, Lou, uh, you know, what updates or something can you give us on Belmont? And Lou basically said, "I will have some news for you very shortly, and I won't have to answer that question ever again." So that seems to indicate that there might be some Belmont news around the corner. And if it is next week, as some people have uh, surmised, we will be back and we'll talk about that and. We'll just kind of make that our last episode of the season. Uh, if it's not that week, I don't know what to tell you because uh, I don't know if I'll be available the week after, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, um, yeah uh, that, that'll that be some huge news. Again, I, I've said it a million times on Twitter, like that that arena can't 
can't be built fast enough. And it might not solve all of their problems. I mean, we, you know, just to wrap it up, we, we talked earlier about how these guys are probably never going to just see the Islanders as a place where marquee guy free agents go. And that might still be the case after Belmont arena is built, but that will just answer so many questions and just be done with it. And you'll have one arena, one practice facility, one community, <laughs> and that's the end of the story. And so, it, you know, it might help. It might not. But, hey, you know what? It'll be a weight off of everybody's shoulders, to be quite blunt. Yeah, that's it. That's all, that's all we're asking for, too, at this point. <laughs> Just take this take this weight off my shoulders. And, yeah, uh, yeah I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, it's, as, yeah, as much as it sucked, it, it was it's always it's been fun to kind of just like experience it with mm. with this group of people yeah. that are also islander fans for some reason <laughs> uh, and some islanders like anders lee who uh yes. clearly loves being an islander uh so yeah. yeah so thank you uh for everybody for listening to us uh we'll hopefully be back next week uh thank you for reading lighthouse hockey you should continue to read lighthouse hockey every single day thank you to dom for handling all those those uh free agency stories uh you did a great job that stream is basically all him and uh special thank you to, to mike b i don't thank mike enough he he's always in the comments and he's being you know he's the moderator guy and he's always kind of monitoring what's going on in there and let me tell you it can get pretty ugly sometimes but mike does a great job and and i just i appreciate what he does so much because i i literally can't do it basically but based on how my schedule works out every day but he, this is we could never pay him enough to do this like i wouldn't want to do this no matter how, if i was making the same salary i make it work like i just it's it, it takes a special kind of person to to be dedicated to to moderate comments on any message board and and mike does just such a great job and you know, I don't know if if you're in the comments just like arguing with people, maybe take the summer off, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and give yourself a break. Give yourself a mental break. You know, don't think of it as giving us a break. Give yourself a mental break and just come back. The Islanders are going to be back in September. So, you know, just maybe take the summer off. Trust me, it, it can be very therapeutic. I've done <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, we th- I was actually thinking that when um, it all kind of went awry yesterday. And I was like, oh, great. Just tomorrow's episode is going to be just another uh kind of what happened last year episode where we're just like a oh, fuck it <laughs> like, you know, we, maybe we'll be back yeah. and uh thanks to to lee and neil she wasn't because uh <laughs> yeah. honestly like when when it looked like it wasn't and and this might sound hyperbolic but it, it hurt almost just as bad it maybe even worse because there was already the layer of what happened last year mm. to and this one got added on top of it but uh yeah i mean it's the the important thing is not all hope is lost so Oh, just yeah. any, next time you're about to tweet something or comment something, just remember that. Like we're actually there. There, it's not good. It's not bad yet. Like we'll, we'll, we'll we have a couple months to to sort it out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the team that exists now essentially had 103 points last year. So, and yep. we still got trots. Hey, there you go. Yeah, uh, I I will say this. I you know I I agree with what you just said 100. percent But I will add that. One thing that I am going to be worried about from now until all of <laughs> through all of next year, Lou, if you're listening, please sign Matthew Barzell before next July. Like, just please do, because <laughs> if I hear this, if I see the words Matthew Barzell an offer sheet in any sentence anywhere, I don't. I, I'm not responsible for what what's going to happen to me. Please don't do that to me. Just sign the guy. I don't care what it takes. Just sign him to whatever he wants and make us all feel a lot better. Please, thank seriously. You. 30 30 year deal bobby bonilla him yeah like, who cares like i don't give a crap 
give him, just do give it. him whatever, whatever CBA breaking deal you can give that guy, just <laughs> give it to him, please. Uh, but that'd be great. And 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 so thanks, Mike. I appreciate what you're doing, and I don't say that enough. So I, I, we really we really would not be the same without you. Um, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Um, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Thank you very much for listening to us. Listen to Dan and Noel's show if you haven't already. They have their thoughts uh, on what happened, too. Uh, theirs is a bit more contentious than ours was, but it's always fun listening to those guys. Uh, Mike Carver's show was really good today, too. And our friend Carrie uh, was on the PTI Isles podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to uh, tomorrow during my commute. I'm sure it's great. Carrie's always great. Uh, and we will probably be back next week, but keep your eyes. I mean, obviously, who am I talking to? You're all going to keep your ears open for Belmont stuff. And if, if you hear something, we'll do a show about it and talk, hopefully talk about how finally this thing is happening and we can all shut up with the time. Just the, this, the time is ticking down to when we can finally never have to talk about this topic ever again. And won't we all be much happier when we can say that? <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Have a great 4th of July. And go see Spider-Man Far From Home. It was better than Homecoming. It's awesome. I promise you. It's, it's great. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.